When's the last time this person gave me good advice? And why are they actually giving me advice and feedback in the first place? Is it because they want me to get better or is it because they're trying to take digs at potential insecurities I have? Envy is the soul's recognition of something you want to aspire to, but maybe don't believe in yourself enough yet. Be humble and ask. Buy a book, buy a resource, get a coach. Let the envy drive you rather than keep you stuck. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Is there an exercise I can do to help myself reflect and gain perspective? So I think it depends on the person. I think it depends on the person. You know what? Uh, this is this is a painful one for me to, to, to say, but I'll do it. One day I was looking through my old Facebook messages and I went back to high school and I watched how I used to try to attract women into my life. And it was brutal, embarrassingly brutal. I didn't say anything bad, but I was trying to be a bad boy and I was just kind of rude and it just, I don't know, I thought it was going to work. So I would say, look at your, look at your digital footprint. You, again, you might not have a podcast, you might not have speeches, you might not have a ton of pictures. Look at what you used to post on Facebook. That is the most painful thing in the world. For me, it would be work, out at seven, gym, hanging with the boys. That would be, that's what I posted back then. So maybe you don't have a digital footprint like we do in terms of the content. I would say, look back in your old text messages, look back in your old social media posts, look back in your old emails, look back in your old messengers. Can be very painful, can be very humbling, but if you want perspective, that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way to do it. That's what I would say. I want to give some perspective. I think I know what the question was. I have this saved. I actually have a folder called perspective. And I have this one, you know how Facebook memories come up? And Facebook, I think, started in like, 2005 or something. I know where this is going. I was in college. I think this was 2008 and I wrote a post. Ah, brutal, brutal to look back on. But the post said what I thought was funny at the time, which was I read somewhere that alcohol was bad. So I quit reading. Yeah. And reading that is like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm coming up on three years sober. And obviously I was in college and I was young and you know, I had a lot of fun in college, but just think about that for a second, right? I read somewhere that alcohol was bad and everyone's expecting, so I quit drinking. No, so I quit reading, right? I actually posted that. Now, back then it was before our parents were on Facebook. It was just me being funny in college, but that's, that's some perspective. And I think that probably answers the question, or at least I hope it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. So it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Not as good as my answer, but what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, it never is, Kevin. <laughs> At least not in your mind, right? <laughs> How do you make sure it's your perspective you focus on and not someone else's opinion of your journey? That's a great question. Mm, 
Go ahead. Uh, this will be a, a tip or a trick strategy. Expert tip. Expert tip, pro tip. Early in my journey, there were certain people that I considered very arrogant and closed-minded who would hate on me. And I remember I would actually determine how successful I would ultimately be. My barometer for success would be based on how much they disagreed with what I was doing. Remember, closed, closed-minded, arrogant people always think you're wrong. And the amount in which they think you're wrong is predicated on how progressive you're actually growing. I mean, Jeff Bezos alone in his garage selling books before he started Amazon, of course he was made fun of, but he was most likely made fun of by unaware, arrogant people. And by the way, arrogance is an inflated perception of self. So super opinionated people that think they know everything are arrogant usually by default. And I, what I found fascinating, by the way, is that people who actually know a lot, I was with several doctors this weekend, and um, they're actually a lot of times very humble with what they know. Even though they know a lot, they actually don't think they know that much, which is like a whole nother thing. It's interesting. I would say base your perspective on facts and not opinions because you'll, all right, figure out the trend of the advice and the feedback you've been given and then go for facts. This is why you need a benchmark. And Alan said this, you need to benchmark your perspective on actuals. Taryn and I, outside the house, we have a thermometer digital thermometer. It's supposed to tell us the temperature outside. It's wrong every day. So every day it's wrong. And today, for instance, I looked at it and, or no, yesterday I looked at it and it said 24 degrees. And I looked at my phone and it was four degrees. Now I know that that perspective is incorrect. It's not real. It's not based in fact. I have to go look somewhere else. So check in with the trend and think to yourself, okay, when's the last time this person gave me advice? When's the last time this person gave me good advice? And why are they actually giving me advice and feedback in the first place? Is it because they want me to get better or is it because they're trying to take digs at potential insecurities I have? Benchmark on facts. And if the people around you aren't giving the, you the facts, go seek them from somebody else or a different resource is what I would say. Quick answer, real quick, before we go to the next question. I told one of my clients this weekend this. I said, I no longer want you taking any advice from anyone who you believe might be less aware than you. Now, it's all contextual based on the arena. So Kevin does most of our podcast titles. I think that he has a good understanding of what our listeners want to hear about. So we pick topics and titles that resonate with our listeners. He's focused more on the listens. He tracks them every day. He understands the trends. He should be the one. Now, of course, we pitch and catch sometimes, but sometimes he says, Alan, that title is a real piece of shit. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. He doesn't do. actually say I that. Have. He doesn't say that. But my point is, is don't take advice from people who are less aware than you. Seriously, that's that's one of the best pieces of advice that I can give. What strategies do you have to get outside your normal environment if you don't have the opportunities to do so? Ooh, that's a great question. So Taryn and I have this book. What is it called? It's called The Adventure Game or something like that. And it's this book of things and you go and you take a coin and you scratch off this thing. It's like a scratch ticket. And it says, this is what you're going to do. So you're going to go to the store. You're going to buy marshmallows and graham crackers and chocolate. And you're going to make at-home s'mores. Or you're going to go to the mall and you're going to try on weird clothes or something like that. I would find a resource 
that forces you to do things that are outside the realm of normalcy for you because we all fall into the day-to-day and I'm guilty. I'm very guilty of this because I like doing the same stuff every single day. Sometimes you need somebody else to choose your normal for you. And when they choose your normal for you, you'll be forced to do things outside of your comfort zone. So you can start this with a friend and say, hey, we're going to do next level fear chasing, right? Every Friday, you and I are going to meet up and we're going to go do something we've never done before. We're going to go to the library and we're going to buy a random book or we're going to go ice skating or we're going to go rollerblading, whatever it may be. If you can't do it because you can't travel because of COVID and what's going on, then you can try to do something virtually over Zoom that you've never done before. But I think you have to get creative. You have to get creative and you have to believe that it will be worth it. There are a ton of different games and different subscription things that you can buy that might make it a little bit more helpful and you can be a little bit more creative with them. My answer is uh, simple biographies and history books. Uh, whatever intrigues you. I mean, there's so much. You can learn about ancient Rome. You can learn about ancient Greece, which is sort of the same thing. You can learn about all different walks of life from all different cultures from all over the world in books. Uh, I read Einstein's book often, The World As I See It, and that's just one example of another perspective. And I try to do this often before bed where I'm I'm reading Marcus Aurelius's book right now, Meditations, and it's it's just fascinating, not only the way Marcus Aurelius was thinking, but to the times. Lucius Seneca, another Roman philosopher. So whether it's Rome or the Renaissance or Steve Jobs or Benjamin Franklin's autobiography, or or whatever, or Helen Keller's book. I don't talk about this often, but I, I, I'm always doing that. And if you're not, you're missing out on a wealth of knowledge that really would help you understand more about the world. And, and it, more in particular, it would get you out of your world to realize Will and Ariel Durant. Will and Ariel Durant, they're a married couple. They have some of the best work in the world. I mean, look them up if you want something that's going to blow your hair back. Blow your hair back. I dig that. (laughs) Thanks, Kev. I dig that. How do you separate good comparison from one that could be borderline envy or jealousy? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think you have to really sit with whatever thoughts you're having and you have to, how do you feel afterwards? Because this is the thing. Are you envious because something inspires you? Are you envious because you don't think somebody deserves it? Are you envious because you don't think you can get it? Are you envious because you don't know how to get it? There's a lot of things that go into this. I would just say, check in with yourself and see how you feel after. I think it's okay to be envious. I don't think envy is always a bad thing. I think if it inspires you to do different, to do better, to do more, to do more aligned, to do differently, I think it's a positive thing. If you see something and you say, oh, it must be nice, and that stops you from trying, that is a whole nother game. I would say the root cause of that is way deeper than the comparison. It's probably the way you're viewing yourself. And maybe you're afraid of success, so you villainize success. Maybe you don't know how to achieve it. I would really, really check in with the internal state, whoever asked that question of what's really going on? What's the real thought process? Because if you can compare and realize that it's constructive, 
then it's a wonderful way to build perspective. But if you're only comparing so you're going to beat yourself up, then I think it's just a deeper thing. I think there's probably a root cause that's not the actual comparison. Hey, Kevin, Kim here. Just wanted to send you a video to say thank you so much for your help on creating the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. You know, I couldn't have done it without you. I knew you'd be lots of great help with the technical aspects of getting the podcast going, but you went well above and beyond that. You helped me with the strategy and you gave me all kinds of really great support. You know, I think the key to success in business is a great attitude and you have that in spades. You really walk the walk. So thanks again. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. An ax can help you build a house or it can hurt someone so much. And it's not the tool. So envy, um, all of emotions are tools. So when you feel envy, that's a signal from your emotional guidance system telling you that I believe it's the soul's recognition of something you want. But then when you admit you want it, then you have to look in the mirror of why you don't have it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Emilia and I have been told many times that our relationship is a trigger because we've been together, and I'll tell this story briefly. We were at my friend's son's third birthday, and we were two weeks into our relationship. And for anyone who witnessed Emilia and I's uh, coming together, they know that we went very, we, we felt like a married couple very right out of the gate. And no one at this party uh, knew how long we'd been together. And there was this one person in particular who, I won't name any names, but was very, very clearly unhappy in their intimate relationship. And they saw us vibrant and excited to be together and snuggling and very much in love, just so clearly in love. And we were talking to this person and, and they said like, oh, how long have you guys been together? Just small talk. And we were like, honestly, it's only been a couple of weeks, but it's unbelievable. He's like, oh, that'll fade. He's like, I've been married seven years. Like, that'll fade. Like, that'll fade. And I remember her and I talking about it. He's like, give it a couple of years is what he said. Literally. Here we are two and a half years in. I am more in love with Emilia than I've ever been. It's unreasonable how good my relationship is. We've literally never fought. We've never raised our voice to each other. I never intend on it. Our last, uh, I posted for a relationship talks event and it was, what are the top five things couples argue about? We Googled it. And she said, Alan, that's an incongruent post. Can we do challenge instead of argue? Cause you and I don't really argue. And it's like, yeah, you're right. What are the top five challenges? She's like, I don't want people to assume that we argue cause we don't, it's not, it's not the truth. And so, yeah, we have discussions and we have, um, challenging moments, but we don't argue. I mean, we really don't. It's it's wild. And if you had told me that five years ago, by the way, I'd have been like, that's not real. So I probably would have been triggered too. So here's my point. I definitely would have been envious. If we trigger envy, it's kind of calling you out a little bit of my relationship isn't as magnificent. That's okay. That's totally okay. My old relationships weren't as magnificent either. And trust me, they would have triggered me too. So what if envy is the soul's recognition of misalignment with what it really wants? What is possible? But if you struggle with self-belief and self-worth and hard work and discipline, and then of course you're going to tell yourself a story of like, oh, like, you know, you're going to beat yourself up. So if you are envious, l let it drive you. Let it inspire you. Be humble. Ask, 
hey, how did you guys do that? I mean, we do relationship talks for a reason. How did you guys, how do you guys never fight? And honestly, I owe most of that to her because in my past relationships, there was definitely arguments. You know, she's the one who said, Alan, we're never going to fight because fighting implies someone wins. And when you fight, no one wins. That's her. I'm, I didn't come up with that. Right. So, so here's my point. The question was about envy. Envy is the soul's recognition of something you want to aspire to, but maybe don't believe in yourself enough yet. Be humble and ask. Buy a book. Buy a resource. Get a coach. Let the envy drive you rather than keep you stuck. Oh, last one, Ian. If you're a visionary always looking ahead, how do you bring yourself to enjoy the struggle and growing in the beginning? Well, I wish I could tell you, but I'm not a visionary, so... <laughs> I just show up and pray for the best. Go ahead, Alan. <laughs> Aim, uh, one more time for me. I always do it. I'm sorry. If you're a visionary, always struggle. Oh, sorry. If you're a visionary, always looking ahead, how do you bring yourself to enjoy the struggle and growing in the beginning? Uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to do this. I was thinking about this just the other day. I, uh, last night, I was in the gym last night with Emilia and I. We were doing pole day. And it was brutal. Uh, but I hadn't gone to the gym in like three days because we were away in Maine. And I was really frustrated with that because I don't like to miss three days in a row. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I have a certain physique that I'm going for. Steve Cook has a physique in 2017 on stage that I have in my consciousness for when I'm 40. So I have seven and a half years to get there, seven and eight months. So again, that's a vision that I intend on. Now, is it possible I don't look like that? Yes, anything could happen, right? But based on my current trajectory and my current intention and me paying attention every day to that trajectory, I'm going to achieve that. And when I do, it'll be awesome and I'll be proud of myself and it'll be a wonderful thing. I was in the gym thinking to myself, like, what's it like for people who are in here hoping that it works? And I think that's kind of my answer to your question. Flow is something that a bunch of neuroscientists have talked about. You can watch a TED Talk. You can uh, read The Art of Impossible. We did an interview with Stephen Kotler. He wrote a book uh, about flow. It's called The Rise of Superman, I believe. So flow is when th those times when you're in the zone. You're in the absolute zone. And time slips away. And I talk to Emilia all the time about how if I had one superpower, it would be to stop, pause time with her. Because time flies when I'm with her because we're always in flow. I think flow is the soul's recognition of alignment with its highest self. So, past, present, future. When you're a visionary. I believe that when you're a visionary, people say, oh, live in the moment. You're too much in the future. All that. No, 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 no. If you're fulfilled, it's an indicator that you're in alignment. If you're unfulfilled, it's an indicator that you're outside of alignment. Another word for unfulfilled would be regret. What decisions do you regret? Things you said, things you did. We all have those moments in high school. It's like, oh, even just thinking about it, it's like, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. That's regret. What is your soul saying? Stop that dumb thing. Whatever that stupid thing was you said or did, like, don't do that again, right? Or wise up, smarten up, whatever. So to answer the original question, if you're a visionary and you struggle to live in the moment, that's okay. I think you're supposed to be living in the future. The, the, I think flow is the past, present, and future all in alignment. Who you used to be combined with who you are now combined with who you aspire to be. And I think we're all an amalgamation of those three things anyway. 
Amalgamation. I'm not a visionary, I don't think. Alan's definitely the visionary between us. I think that's something I've learned more, but that's not my natural tendency. This is what I would say. It Particularly when we're talking about failing in the moment and failing on the micro, if you're a, a real, 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 real heavy visionary and that's the way you're set up, I think you already know that failure is par for the course and that's just the way it goes and it's going to help you succeed in the future. I When I used to do my job, one of the things we had to do was we had to drill through concrete and they have these drill bits, some are a dollar, some are $5, some are $10, and they have some really expensive diamond bits. I don't think they're real diamond, but they're really, really hard, and they're meant to dr drill through difficult things. The reason those bits were created is because people kept failing with the other ones, and they failed with the other ones, and they failed with the other ones, and they had to figure out what's actually going to work here, and they created those things, and those things work. It's because they failed long enough, and they had enough vision to realize, look, this is something that we need for the future, and this is going to make life and work easier for everybody. So understand that sometimes failures become your biggest opportunities for success, especially if you are a visionary. AIM, thank you so very much as always. We appreciate you. Next Level Nation, if you are watching this, as you can see, our next live virtual meetup, February 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to talk about creating financial abundance because we talk about health, wealth, life, and love. And a friendly reminder, that is not going to be public. So that is behind the scenes. It's Alan, myself, and everybody else in a Zoom room. You can chat with us. We do the exercise and we're always open to chat with everybody there. You can meet other people. It's one of the very, very few things that we do behind the scenes that never sees the light of the day. Obviously, we do seven episodes and everything else. So if you want a deeper dive into financial abundance and you want to learn more about money, please join us. It's totally free. It's over Zoom. Just let us know and we will send you all the information you need creating financial abundance. If you are out there right now and you don't feel like you have a ton of abundance, you are living sort of paycheck to paycheck, you're struggling, this is going to help you. There's no version of you leaving this room without knowing more than you do right now and feeling more empowered to create the financial future you want. Kevin and I are very, very grateful to be making a lot more money and finally surpassing the way we used to operate with money with our six-figure jobs. So we're going to help you do that as well. Three master skills real quick. Number one, learn how to earn more money. Number two, learn how to minimize expenses. Number three, learn how to invest the difference intelligently. This is where you're going to get real strategies, deeper dive into finance because we keep some of these a little bit higher level on purpose. This is behind the scenes, completely private, not recorded, not repurposed, where we dig deep into your actual life and what you're actually going through. We can't really be as coachy um, in the keynotes format for the podcast, so. Next Level Nation, somebody said my Facebook is so cringe. They said it in the com in the comments. I know, trust me, I know. As always, we love you, appreciate you, grateful for each and every one of you. And at NLU, we do not have fans, we have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid and Alan is at Alazarus88. Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.